Hey, Podcast Nation. Today's episode, I interview Derek Smith, and we talk about general current events related to cops and all the killings. Enjoy. Hostel Du Nord, the only hostel of its kind in the Twin Ports area. A five-star experience without the five-star price. Hostel Du Nord. More Love Nation, where are clothes as a reminder that when hate is loud, love must be louder. More Love Nation, more empathy, more kindness, more compassion, and more love. www.morelovenation.com Three, two, one, and we're live. Yeah, he's right. I got a big old head. Big old head. All right, so we are here at the Weirman Media Studios again, folks. Uh, I just got done shooting an episode this morning. I was then, after the episode, grinding. Me and my brother had an episode on communication and so forth. And then I got off and worked and grinded a little bit. It's hard sometimes. That's why we're hiring here, to do everything by yourself. Because you're trying to make content, put out content, create content. And then at the same time, develop new business. But yeah, that's what I was doing. And now I got my buddy in here that was... uh, He's done a few shows now. He was on a show with the Recovery Atheist. He was on our show. And now he's gonna he's on here again. Cause last night we had a great talk. We were having a short brief talk after a few adult beverages at the, <laughs> at, um, the hostel. Everyone was up at like 5 a.m. and we were talking about uh, cops and all these crazy situations that keep occurring with cops. So uh, I just want to say once again, it's not right. It's not wrong. It's our perspective. We're not saying we're right. We're not saying we're wrong. We're simply sharing our perspectives, and I think Derek has some valuable insights and perspectives to have, and some we can then generate some dialogue on this topic that hopefully other people see that we're talking about it, and that pushes you to maybe say, okay, how can I bring this forward and talk about this with other people in my life, rather than just be someone that's in comments online talking shit, or someone that's racist, or someone that's just in the background hollering hate, or hollering bullshit, but not actually like having real true dialogue that helps push things forward. And I think that's really crucial. So, how are you doing today, Derek? I heard you went for a nice little walk by Canal Park. That must doing, have been nice. Yeah, doing well. Canal Park was amazing. The sun was there. It's beautiful. The water was there. there. People were out there. So, yeah. Good little Monday morning. Monday, Monday morning walk? Monday morning. Yeah. So... <laughs> Ultimately, we were talking about respect. So some of the characteristics we talk about at the Weirman Media is we have a lot, a lot of key characteristics that help a team cooperate. And some of them are focus, commitment, courage, uh, and so forth. And one of them is also respect. And I think respect is a key part of a relationship. And uh, so I just want to hear your perspective and let's lean into this topic and we'll just keep going and shooting from the hip with it. Thanks for being with us, audience, on how you look at interactions with a cop and how when a cop, when you interact with a cop, how do you, don't you think you have to give respect to get it and then so forth? And I just want to hear your perspective on that. And like, for me, I'm going to dial, uh, chime in after you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll talk about my experience with being pulled over and interacting with the police. I think that first off life, and it involves, first off, you have to give respect to get it, obviously. Um, now with a with a police officer, I've been stopped a few times, you know, uh, whether it's speeding or whatever. But I've never, you know, raised my voice at a cop or a police officer. I've never done anything that could potentially put him in danger. I don't think. Yeah. You know, reaching in the glove box. Hey, I'm reaching. In the, you know, that hat looks and, good and on you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, you have to really 
watch yourself when you, you know, you shouldn't really have to, but you have to. Uh, especially when you, you know, you know the circumstances, you know the percentage, you know the numbers on uh, as far as the African-American. Uh, you have to really watch yourself. The African-American male. 100%. Even more. So I think this is a great point. What you're saying is I agree. It's unfortunate. But once you see more of these shootings and killings, you would think that you would, as an African-American male, when you're pulled over, be even more hesitant to, to like, right? You would, you would, you would, you would, I think in theory, yes, but I mean, you know, it is, it, but it, it's, it's very, because you just don't know, you know, uh, the police, the police brutality, first off, so let's go back, yep. um, first off, let's just get it, let's get it right, African American males and white police officers probably ain't going to get along, you know? Yeah, we can. We can. It's 2020. It's difficult, but though, it's folks. difficult. Yeah, and this is this goes back to 1964. You know, prehistoric Civil Rights Act. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've um, been fucked over um, from the get go. So you know, it's very hard to to say trust the police. It's very hard. Now, very hard. do I Especially trust the police? Nowadays, even more than ever. Yeah, do I trust the police? I think that there are. I've I've got a few family members who are police officers. Thanks, Julie, for being with <clears> us. But it's very hard to sit here and say, I'm going to trust the cops today. You know? Yeah, I think that's a great point, Derek. And I think uh, trust is a powerful thing. And really trusting the cops today is a very difficult issue. I, and I agree. I personally, based on my experience, am not a big cop caller because of it. Because I've had negative interactions with the cops so much. And I feel like a lot of them are egotistically like empower like they're forcing their power and their will on other people with their with the laws and the regulations that give them yes. the ability to do so yeah i try to limit my interactions with them right and i understand that they have a job and they're trying to do that so having been someone that based on my experience been around the cops a lot i started to like audit myself right i kept getting yeah. arrested and arrested and arrested and the first thing i had to say was okay what am I doing to put myself in these situations? Yeah. Because I started to realize he is right, though. The most assaulted I've ever been is by a correctional officer in Paducah, Kentucky jails. <laughs> the worst jail system I've ever been in. But ultimately, it comes down to me looking at myself because I was like, I'm sick of this. I don't want to keep doing this. If I keep interacting with cops like this, it's going to lead to me in prison or it's going to lead to me getting shot. So it's a really interesting perspective. That's why I wanted to have you on and talk about this because we have two perspectives, I feel like, that could bring a lot of value to people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, for me, that's why I always look at the respect factor in my 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 like role and my decision-making that leads me to be in certain situations or spots where I might be more likely to get shot or I might be more likely to get like, unfortunately, if you're a black male, if, if you put yourself in more interactions on a regular basis with the cops, you're not only pr- judged and predicated against because of your skin color to be more likely pulled over, but you extra have to be careful about how many times you do do that and where yes. and how often. Because guess what, guys? The news is showing it. Your 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 chances of being shot are just, yeah. unfortunately, really high. It's sad, but it's the reality. Yeah. Very. I mean... Uh, I think the issue is with you say respect with the cops and everything. It's how do you respect someone? And this is this is not me pushing on any cops. No, I agree with you. Uh, how do you respect a police officer with a badge and a weapon, but yet we still pay them to do what they're supposed to do, which is protect and serve? That should be number one. 
And so uh, when you see all these police officers not doing diligence to their protect and serve and their constitutional swear in, it's just like, how do you how can you respect it? You know what I mean? And so so I do get it. I do get some people who, you know, uh, you know, (laughs) I hate to say it, but, you know, my favorite song is N.W.A. (laughs) <laughs> but no, we ain't gonna go a, into that. We're not gonna go into that. But I don't I don't that's not by any means I don't have to pull it like no, we're not doing that. It's just a song. No, I think but, you're right though on both ends. I'm at the same thing where I find balance where like I really dislike cops over here, but then over here I completely you have support to, them. You have to support them, yeah. It's really interesting. I think you find balance in that, but at the same time, like I just personally have grown to a space where I feel so much respect because now yeah. thinking about being a cop, I try to look at everything. So this is the key points that I talk about is auditing. The one I talked about before this was me auditing why I keep putting myself in situations where I having to interact with a cop. And then I, I haven't been arrested in a long time because of it. And then the other thing is empathy. So auditing my actions and my decision-making as to why I keep interacting with the cops. And then secondly, like, empathy for them like i understand i have empathy for both ends of the spectrum i can look at both of them but that's what i'm trying to do being a former criminal that's why i try to look at both sides and have empathy but the cops let's face it they have a fucking hard job for me it's one of the last jobs i think think it's i think it's i wouldn't even say it's a hard job it's a tough job tough job because your 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 instinct relies on your job you know yeah and your ability if you look at impulsivity in a job that job's gonna have lots of impulsive because you're your life might be on the line. So when my life's on the line, me, myself, I make really impulsive decisions. Absolutely. So, we all do. So I think that but, is a and, difficult and that's spot. Not, that's, it's not, ex- in, you know, that's not any way excusing the actions of any police officer who does wrong. Because I think that, you know, I think that uh, there are some times where police officers make mistakes. Okay. I can deal with a mistake, but mistakes should not lead to deaths. And killing innocent people, or not innocent people, but people who haven't even been—they haven't even—they haven't done anything. <laughs> so I want to lean so, into your so. experience and your value and bring that forward. Is how, based on your experiences in your life with law enforcement, because I feel like yeah. a lot of people that don't ever shine light on these things, and I just want to hear a couple maybe good stories or bad stories or what your perspective is. I, I, I lean into that. Yeah, I have nothing. Um, Being from the south and everything, I'm just your back. I've, I've had a few issues. You know what I mean? You know. But it's not been like, because re- I've always, like you said, respect. I've always respected a police officer. Um, my parents, that's the way my parents just raised me. Respect police officers, you're going to be okay. Which, in general, is a really great keynote. It's a great, you bring a lot of value there. Because for me, I've been arrested a lot of times, folks, unfortunately. I'll be honest and authentic and vulnerable with that. In that I've been arrested like seven, going on, I've been arrested more than seven times. So, I think he's right. Respect the cops. Whether or not you want to or not, you it, it's a big part of it. Now, the, the people who don't respect the cops are probably the ones who, uh, you know, they're probably taught a little different. They're probably raised different, you know. Um, and so that's why they probably don't respect police officers. And it's just like... It's kind of it's annoying because you can't you can't really pick sides. You kind of either you're either on the left or the right. You know, it is. There's no in the middle when it comes to police officers, and I'm kind of in the middle. And it's like, eh, can I do it? Can I? Because I'm African American. I have you know uh, family members who are police officers, and those people, you know, they literally put their lives on the line for us. Um, and it's just to protect and serve is all you have to really do and achieve especially with police officers. And so it's hard for me to sit here and be like, F the police, you know? 
there are bad police officers. I do. Tons of them. I agree. There are great ones. There are, you know, it's it's like you can't. It's like you can't really, you can't really balance it. You know what I mean? Here's it's my tough. point, though, is I think that that's a really key perspective. But I think the camera is on the negative stuff more than anything. Because what about every story? Have you ever heard Little Wayne talk about the cop story with him where he was saved by a white cop? Yep. It's one of my favorite stories. A lot of people, I never, re- it really opened my eyes when I heard Little Wayne say that. He was talking, Little Wayne was shot. I think he was around the age of 12 and he was at a drug scene or crime scene with some fellow, I think, gang act members, active gang members yeah. or something. And the cops literally, all the black cops, he said, jumped over him to go look for the drugs, the alcohol, or arrest people. Yeah. And the one cop that uh, stopped and saved him, which I believe this was in Louisiana, was a white cop. Yeah. It was a white cop. Yeah. Super cool story, yeah. which I feel like a lot of our stories don't ever we lean into a lot of the more negative negative stuff. Like, especially with the me I mean the media pushes so much negative I mean, that's another that's another topic. But I think that the issue with concerning police officers and uh, what they do wrong and what they do right, it's 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 a media based um, it's trumped by, you know, just I think ignorance. But um so growing up, you had very few interactions with law enforcement. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he laughs. Uh, I wouldn't say very few, but, but yeah, I'd I say you know. Um, I think that <laughs> it's funny. I've had a couple of interactions with police officers, but I've never, like I said, I've never disrespected. Them, you know? Yeah. So like when you're pulled over, me the same thing. Yeah. When I'm pulled over, I make sure I like sit still or calm. Yeah. I don't make like erratic moves to the glove box yeah. or like. There, there was one time in Baton Rouge, I was pulled over, and uh, if you know Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge. I do not. Is, <laughs> it's it's got a lot of uh, traffic and you know potholes, potholes. Um, Hopefully all my friends in Baton Rouge are listening to me. Probably not. But. I'm sure they will. <laughs> Last time, but, uh, they loved it. So I, I got pulled over for swerving because I was trying to miss this goddamn own pothole. And then he's like, you're, you've been drinking and all this. I'm like, no. I just, I'm just got to get off work, you know. Trying to avoid the pothole. Trying to avoid the pothole. You know, so he pulls me out of the car. He's like, breathalyzer. I was like, no, I don't want a breathalyzer. Can I refuse it? He's like, that's an automatic six-month suspension of your license. I was like, all right, give me a breathalyzer. Blow, you know, zero point zero zero zero. Um, you know, for the first time ever in my life, I blew zero zero. <laughs> but uh, sound. but uh, yeah, I was just like, what, what? Like, I just yeah. was just trying to Drive avoid this pothole. pothole. It is a great point. So you know, yeah. it's a really great point. They have that probable cause. Yeah, it's probable such cause. a bullshit. And there's another one that they have. I can't remember the name of it, but it's where they. Uh, they, when you're driving, if you've committed like some kind of traffic offense, they have the right to pull you over. There's another term for it, but yeah. it's even less of a reason than probable, probable cause. Probable cause is, is bullshit. It's bullshit. It's just I a agree. reason to me rationally. It's a way that I can rationally, irrationally pull you over. Exactly. And there's not, it's just a personal, personal decision. Yeah. Probable cause is, uh, I mean, how do you even define probable cause? Like you know what I mean? You got all, you got all these judges who sit here. They they legislate. They sit there and they, reasonable grounds for making a search, pressing a charge, etc. Yeah, etc. So <laughs> probable cause is a standard by which police authorities have reason to obtain a warrant for the arrest of a suspect, criminal, or the issuing of a search warrant. So it's pretty much a subjective. It's like bringing subjectiveness to yeah. law enforcement. Absolutely, it's so sketchy to me. It gives them the right to do anything they want. 
Yeah, I basically, that's why I, I love not driving, right? Because I recently, after traveling the world, I gave up my license because, man, I just realized the cops, most of the time, they do it, it's, it, it's related to driving. So yeah. that's where a lot of this takes place. And I haven't had any issues. I've, not, I've interacted with cops very minimally. But actually, one day, not that long ago at the hostel, there was a cop that just showed up late at night. It was like 8.39, and the cop literally was going through the whole complex. He wouldn't give his badge number, and when he filed the police report, he left it without any mention of his badge number, who he was, or so forth. He just left it and said Duluth PD had no badge number, no information, and he was completely breaking the law. I walked in, and I was like, do you have a search warrant, officer? It was the most weird, sketchy thing ever. We were just hanging out at the Duluth Hostel du Nord. Shout out to the hostel, do Nord again. And the cop <laughs> just shows up and is going through, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And the cop just, but yeah, so I think it's a great point in understanding and bringing dialogue to this that oftentimes cops do, they do like enforce their and, powers on and, other and people, especially it, the minorities. It's very, it's very top down because I think that, uh, you know, you have an attorney general and then you have everybody else underneath them. You have the Justice Department, you have the FBI, then you have. You know, your state cop, city cop, whatever. It's it's not going to get better if we don't make it better. Exactly. It's on us. It's on us. It's on the people. It's not even exactly. on the cops. Because, you know, that's why we need to vote. That's why we need to vote. That's why we need to stand up. And that's this is why all this protesting is going on. Because it's like, people are sick and tired. And sick and tired. And sick and tired. It's not, it's, this, this doesn't happen because, oh, let me just... You know, uh, flip a coin and let's see who's going to protest tonight. No, people are tired of the BS. Pain and suffering. It's the reality. That's exactly right. He's right. People are sick and tired of being the ones getting the short end of the stick, whether it's us getting shot and killed, whether it's us getting life in prison. I agree with you 100%. People are sick and tired of dealing with all the pain and suffering and the injustice. So, but where do you go? I mean, where do you go from here? Do you you know, you got NBA players protesting, you got MLB players protesting, you got NFL players protesting. You got all this protesting going on, and it's just like it's not for a not reason. You know, it's not. It's for a reason. I think it's, it's time for us to have one person that steps up as the leader of it all. It's just I just feel like there's a lot of great things going on, like you just said. But like, let's have a movement where it's like actually all of us. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. what if someone stepped forward, like LeBron James, or someone like someone that has power, like Chris Paul, any of these people? Like what you're talking about is major. It's a major platform that people have that could say, okay, let's all start to unite. And let's yeah. all start to come together. And I agree. I think it, I think together. a lot of great things could come from this. And I think it will. I really do. I think that it's a ugly, disgusting thing in many ways. But I think I really do think six to twelve to twenty-four months from now, we're gonna look back and be like, "Oh, that good things came yeah. from this." Yeah. And uh, I think it was maybe four years ago with the Colin Kaepernick thing, which he right, which he you know it's he had a he had a very powerful point. He did. And did I agree with it? Uh, I was in the middle. You know, Another it was great his opinion. Topic. But now we look at it and it's like, oh my God, Colin, maybe he was, he was, he was actually right. You know what I mean? He, he did his thing. He, he protested. He did what he wanted to. He felt it in his spirit. And then all of a sudden he gets blackballed. And then now you got NFL commissioners saying, I apologize now. It's been four years you blackballed this guy. Like four years. Anywhere. You know, and it's just like. You blackballed him for him standing up to something that was his opinion and was justified. Whatever. No, I think it's an interesting topic, all of this. And I think it's a great point that Colin Kaepernick was kind of ahead of a little bit earlier than the movement. He was. But ultimately, it's just a really interesting topic because me actually at the time, 
I actually personally disagreed with that platform. Like, yeah, because for me on an individual level, I think about protesting at my place of employment, and I just don't think that for me. If I went and protested at my place of employment, I realize the NFL and the NBA, it's a whole other level. It's another it's, level. It's, but but I still. personally wouldn't go to my pro. I wouldn't have a job and be like, I'm going to go protest at my job. Yeah, yeah. And especially if I'm a, someone that's benefiting from living in a nation where I can throw a fucking football or shoot a basketball through a hoop and I'm getting paid six figures. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like, it just gets real sketchy for a platform. It's a, it's for a, it's a gray area, I think. It is. Because I agree with the protesting, but. Couldn't you do that? Couldn't you do that still yeah. outside of like if I'm an NFL player, I could still do that protesting outside of outside the of it, yeah. Sunday game. Or but the, 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 I think I think I think the, I think the biggest perspective or the biggest uh, kind of you know the variable that we are trying to stand for was yeah. the fact that he knew that he was going to be on national TV and everyone's going to see it. You know, six hundred probably million people. I don't even know how many people saw it, but it's like. And then, and then sure. he, he gets backlash, and he gets all this, and he gets this. He gets it from the left, the right, the front, the back, and it, and then now we're looking at it. You know, four years later, it's like, damn, he was actually probably. But the right. beautiful thing about what we're talking about is that he was maybe right. But look at, ultimately, he's kind of achieved greatness if you think about it, folks. He's kind of done what he asked for. Yes. Ultimately, if I'm going to say I'm going to put my neck out, which is a beautiful thing that he did that. I mean, if you think about it, we're still talking about it. Think about the middle. You talked about not only the people that saw it that day. Fuck, this has been going on for, I mean, he's probably reached millions and millions and millions Mm -hmm. of people. So I think he's probably doing something through that that is even greater than what we realize. Because, like, I I agree. I just originally, I just thought that would be a great topic to have on talk about a little bit. Because for me, I just look at, when I am protesting, I do look at my platform. Like, me, I wouldn't go... Being a white guy, I wouldn't go and like protest for black rights, or I wouldn't go do it at my workplace. So I just think it's interesting where we do look to protest. And I think protest can—it's not my decision to decide where can and can't be done. I mean, but just my perspective and opinion is: if I made millions and millions of dollars in the NFL, I wouldn't choose to do it during the national anthem. Yeah, I would probably choose to do it like outside of it. Probably the not program. the probably not the best option. I would know, probably choose but... like starting some kind of nonprofit with my money and then like running for office or like having a podcast and having consistent dialogue on that as opposed to just doing it during the national anthem that's just me that doesn't mean i'm right or wrong and i'm not trying to say someone can't protest during the anthem Yeah. yeah but i think that's really so so you were in general thought that uh but yeah i think that's really cool because if you think about it he was ahead of his time and i do think that ultimately I don't know. I just want to see a lot more voices come from this. Like, don't you? I would love to see more podcasts where people. I just wish people would start doing taking action. I would love to see us come together. I don't. I don't know how. What I can do yeah. to do that? But like, I would love to see it because I think this, this is a crucial moment. Yeah. Like you look at the NBA and everything, and I mean, what we're do you living think? in a we're living in a moment. It's what do a, you think is key to the? Like, make, what do you think this is all going to lead to? Like, do you think this is good what the NBA is doing? Like, well, I want your. I think I think it's great. I think it's great to take a stand on something that you believe in. Hundred uh, percent. Whether it's faith, whether it's your values, whether it's your family, whether it's you know uh, your skin, the, color. you know your skin color, your, your you know religion, yeah, yeah. Whether you're a military who just wants to serve his country. Um, it's it's weird. Shout out to Tanner Miller, one Shout of my good, one, of, one of my good, one of my good friends. Hopefully he's he's in the military somewhere watching. He just enlisted into Marine Corps. Okay. Thanks, Tanner. We appreciate you, we man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, you watching sometime. Because um, ultimately, we wouldn't be the country we are, or the nation we are without without our military. Yeah, and then think about it. Th- think about think about think about Vietnam. Think about World War One. 
Think about World War II. Think about the sacrifices that people had to make to make sure that we were protected and, and safe. And the sacrifices they made to make sure that we can not. Dude, we, we don't. We don't talk now about that. that. Make millions of dollars throwing a football and shooting a basketball. Like that's a blessing. We don't. There's not many nations. Like we are one of the only nations with all these different forms of entertainment, especially yeah. when it comes to sports, yeah. where you can make a living as a wrestler in the UFC. You can make a living as a basketball player, a baseball player, a hockey player. Like all of our sports. Like yeah. there's not many nations where you can. We, we make don't. That much I, money. I think we. I think, and that's another thing we forget that. You know, we talk about cops and we talk about police officers and we we don't talk about our military uh, personnel, uh, Navy, Army, Marines. U.S. Guard or National Guard or, you know, uh, Air Force. We don't talk about that anymore because everybody is so stuck on something so small. They forget that we're actually in we're in war times. We're in three different wars right now. Nobody knows it. Is that not crazy? Is that not crazy to anybody? I it mean, kind of feels like war times. Like COVID almost feels like a little bit of a war it's, too. Yeah, it's been crazy. Because I, I mean, we do hide it with COVID, you know with everything going on. It's it's kind of crazy, but we forget that our blessings. I, I wouldn't say our blessings, but I, I think we forget where our actually privilege comes from, which is the United States military. We forget that. I think that's a really interesting point. Is appreciation. So like. A big part of my appreciation is appreciation for life. Like when my mom died, a, lar- a large part of my motivation and my like desire and my drive comes from appreciation of life. My mom died yeah. when I was young. So I think appreciation for life is key. And then also just appreciation for others and appreciation others, yeah. for law you enforcement, appreciation you. for the military. I think that's a really great and point. The, and the moment because we, we fail to realize sometimes that we, you know, I even look at 10 years ago for me, I was like... Was I really that? Oh my God! Ten years ago, I was that. And you start thinking about it. It's like I appreciated that moment even before that moment even arose because it's like, God damn, you know. And then you look at it now, and it's just like, God, I was I was a stupid, you know, nineteen year old or twenty year old, twenty one year old, twenty two year old. But it all came to pass. It all came to pass. But I think what you're talking about is appreciation leads to gratitude. And I think a lot of people in America, we become so, we become so entitled and we become so like selfishly focused that we never really do appreciate (laughs) those things. I I personally, after being in jail and other things have grown to be an appreciative of my freedoms. Like, I don't know. I just think once you experience things like that, it really helps you be more appreciative. So like if you I recommend like if you've never been to jail I just highly recommend you never go there because <laughs> <laughs> it's not really fun and then like being homeless and like I just feel like a lot of us don't have any clue about the yeah amazing how amazing it is to be in America and I, yeah. I, I think you're right I think appreciation the, for the military and, 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 and is a big part of it the entitlement syndrome which I'm going to call it yeah yeah that's a great, that's the a great entitlement word entitlement syndrome I like that I'm going um, to probably use that moving forward you know and I, I my little brother who's 18 years old and I tell him I said you better appreciate because I have, I come from a great family. My family's great. We're not perfect. We're, you know. No, but you but guys we're, have we're solid structure. You guys. And, and you know, I, I've been around people working, you know, all my life and seeing people and seeing how they act. Yeah. And they have this entitlement syndrome, especially the, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, you know, 18 to like 24 year olds. It's like, you, what are you entitled to? Because I'm right? a, because back in the day, you know, you used to be able to, you used to be able to be like, all right, let's clock out. Let's go in the back and we'd let's fight. Exactly. And then we clock back in and we give each other a hug at that's the end of the show. That's how it shift. should be. <laughs> but that's adults. We can't do that anymore because, you, you know, um, I'm too sensitive. Dude, you can't even say, we have the most soft <laughs> culture in the world. You're so right. Everyone's gotten so fucking soft. 
and they all they do is they talk from the background in the comment section. So we have this huge culture of cancel culture, and all they do is they hate and cause arguments from yeah. the Twitter comment section, the Facebook comment section, and the Instagram comment I'm section. I'm so hurt. So what? hurt. Who gives a shit? Like, look, I've never, you know how much it takes Go to offend away. me? I think that's a great point. Being <laughs> offended. Most people take everything personal nowadays. Yeah. And it's like, dude. So personal. Get a little bit of skin. Like, I don't take anything personal anymore. In order for you to insult me, like, you would literally have to, like, threaten my life or threaten someone I care about. Yeah, and then my family. It's like yeah. it's like all or nothing. Like, outside of that, if you're not, like, really threatening my existence or threatening my loved ones, like, yeah. we can pretty much talk about anything as long as yeah. you're not, like... You extreme. yelled at me. Yeah, we're on the clock and we're trying to get stuff done. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're at you. work. You should be able to hand... <laughs> you're at fucking work getting paid. You should be able to handle a little aggression. If you want to make money, you should be able to handle a little bit of aggression, <laughs> especially if someone's like, yo, do your job, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that 100%. I think it's really interesting to live Craziness, through that. Craziness, man. And Craziness. I think it's remarkable. But, yeah, I think appreciation for the military is great. Absolutely. And I, it's a tricky balance, though, because I'm like this guy that believes... I don't know. I'm just at this point where I believe in military and having it. But at the same time, I think, what if we took all the money we spent on blowing up bombs, which is a lot of money building those things, yeah, and absolutely. we blow them up, and we just took it and gave it to other countries and helped build up bridges and roads. But I'm starting to think that's kind of utopia. I, just, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, it's, it's kind of like you beating around the bush, but yeah, I, think it would be a, I think it would be a great idea because I think military spending, I think, is about like 50% of our budget i believe don't quote me on that yeah but it's a lot. Uh, we can we can talk about that on another episode or something but it's a lot and it's uh and it's you know that's 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 usually it goes around you know what i mean it's not just when people say military spending it's dod it's uh you know it's everything that you know that uh deflects on our or reflects on our military um whether it's you know testing new missiles or nasa or Whatever, it's, it's, it's a lot. And it's like, people don't understand that. They're like, we spend so much money on our military. But I understand we do. But it is if, crucial. You, if you dig deeper into it, this is why we spend so much money on our military. First off, to protect you. And then second off, you know, to protect you. <laughs> and NASA, uh, too, this is a great point as well. Not only is it protecting us, but NASA leads to, like, a lot of people don't realize it. It leads to new inventions and, like, yeah, absolutely. understandings of science and, like, Next thing you know, like a lot, if you look into it, I used to read a lot about it. It's like I didn't realize all the amazing inventions and innovations yeah. that came yeah. out of NASA. So a lot of people dog it, but yeah. if you look at our species, in order for us to sustain, we need to keep coming up with new solutions. New solutions yeah. And the NASA is one NASA, of them. NASA is so one of them. And, it's and, a, and, and, it's and a that's, and that's, I think that's because uh, there's a discretionary budget and there's also a uh, mandatory budget. And we're not going to get into that because that's kind of economical. But you have to understand that. The money that we spend on military um, is pretty crucial. You know, healthcare is crucial, I believe. Education is very crucial. Yeah, should we be focusing on those? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, fire all the congressmen, fire all of them, and just let's let's do a dictatorship. Just kidding. Don't do that. No. I, <laughs> I agree with what you're saying about firing them all, but then we should make it more readily available for the average Joe. So here's what I think about. I think about when America's politics were great was when the farmers, if you look back at our founding exactly. the fathers in the original times, was when the farmer and the guy with the pitchfork and the hammer and the ladder could be elected to major office. Yeah, yeah. But now the major positions of office with major impact, like in the Senate, in the Congress, in yeah. the House of Representatives or the president and the vice president, you you basically have to be 
backed by millions yeah. of dollars. And, and this is the thing. This is, let's give them minimum wage. Um, you got to get your own health care. Um, no yeah, security. 100%. No security with weapons because obviously everybody's against weapons nowadays. And then uh, you, you just figure it out. How many senators and congressmen do you see on TV talking in an interview? It's like, how do you have the time when you t- you're trying to take care of the American people and you're sitting here on an interview? 100%. Get your ass to work for us. You, and, and we sit here and we, how many off days do they have? They have like, they, just took, they have 200 off days. The something. whole government just took a whole fucking vacation in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's Uh, no excuses. Like, if we were in held a position where we're meant to serve the American people and we're going through a pandemic, sorry to say, we're not taking a fucking 30-day vacation. Yeah, no. We're going to figure this shit out and we're going to get it done. And whether we're Republican, Democrat, white, blue, But I wouldn't be going home to my lush fucking house and not doing shit for the American people. So all of us need to look at that and be like, hey, you guys are letting us down. Getting paid six figures on private planes. Um, Yeah. Here I am, you know, busting my ass every day of the week. And it's like, people like us, we just... But then we have congressmen and senators who just don't give a damn. No, I think it's a great point. I think it's a really interesting topic. And that's why I'm... I I don't know. It's forced me to be more about, like, what what will bring change the fastest. And that's what's led me to where I am today. Absolutely. Because I think what will move change forward more than anything is pain and suffering. So that's why I'm a fan of less government and less comfort because I really do think it sounds crazy, but it at the same time makes sense is that if we all have a little bit more discomfort and pain and suffering, it's going to then lead us to push forward the change and the evolution as opposed to like if we just sit back relying and we don't, on, and, yeah. So, you know, not self-reliance, but just relying on people or, or others or, or government or, programs. It's, it, it, it becomes a, it, I think it's almost a disease, honestly, because it's like, here, you know, I've been for 10 straight years I I don't think I've you know I haven't had a, a whole month off or whatever um, and I've just been grinding and doing things school work school work school school work more work and it all kind of comes together especially now um, now that I'm older and realizing that I've actually tapped into my dream um, I haven't really tapped into it yet but uh, you're starting but I'm, I'm starting to I'm just like man the reason why the good lord is what i'm gonna say yeah yeah totally the reason why he took me through this is to get to this point you know what i mean no i feel that Which same other way people, other people don't get to that point because you know um uh, african-americans some of them they pass away at 22 or they're doing life or in prison or life in prison or it's just like but i steal a candy bar and get shot oh that yeah wasn't that, that my, which one was that that was um uh, trayvon martin, trayvon martin. But yeah, I think that's Crazy. beautiful. And I think that's why we need to keep bringing voices. And I love having you on the show because of it. And it brings great perspective. And there was a ton. Of, we had tons of people. We had tons of people interacting and watching it yeah. throughout the show. So I think it's really cool. But I think one of the key points that what you touched on is respect and appreciation for law enforcement and our military. And I think that's yeah. a great point because for me, my respect and my appreciation for life and law enforcement has really pushed me to want to limit the interactions I have with them, realizing that they are cops with a hard job that might be trigger. I, I, would, I would say I, 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 that I, might I be trigger. I say this. I say this because I think that they're police officers. They're not. You know, I say cops sometimes. It's like cops, police but officers. police officers. You know, who who come to work every day on time. And they wear the badge, they wear it proudly, and they protect and they serve. And they give honor and duty to the name of their whatever state or city they're in. Now that you have your you have your jackass cops, 
Which you know, you got is. your douchebag cops. You got your, you know, the but ones. But they ruin who, it for all the good ones. But they ruin it for all the good ones. And it's like, I, I've, I've met a few terrible cops, but I've met more great cops. So have I. I've so, met, or police officers. Sorry. <clears throat> police officers. <laughs> but I think that's key because my appreciation and respect has what... I Trust me, I used to hate cops. And I'm still not a huge fan of them, but... My respect and appreciation for the how my appreciation for how hard their job is and how difficult it might be, yeah. and how my respect for their their power is led me to want to minimize the interactions I have with them. Yeah. So that's why I try and make decisions on a regular basis where I'm not like I know me. I've gotten to know me, so that's why I don't go out a lot because when you go out a lot, like there's lots of guys that act like idiots at the bar. <laughs> I mean, it's just face it. When you go out a lot, you're gonna be around guys that are shouting stupid shit. Yeah. Or yeah. next thing, like every time you go out, you can find at least one or two people that were like trying to start something with someone yeah. intentionally. Yeah, like saying "Roll Tide," like fuck, no, never mind. <laughs> Don't ever say "Roll Tide" to me. <laughs> Roll Tide. No, I'm I'm, a, I'm more of an LSU Tiger myself. Go I just Tigers. used to be a fan of the purple and gold, being that I'm a Viking. <laughs> I just uh, I grew up watching them when they had um, Tyrod Matthew, and you guys had Ooh, 2011, baby. Who was the quarterback that year? Oh. Who was the quarterback then? Uh, da, 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 da. You guys oh, were really shit. good that when Tyron Matthews. Tyron Matthew, we had oh oh Jared Lee, I think. Jared, Jared Lee. Lee, yeah, Jared yeah, Lee. That's right, that's right. Jared Lee. I love watching that team. Tyron Matthew, the Badger, killed it on your squad. Didn't he win the Heisman that year? No, he didn't. He came in third place. But he's still going hard in the NFL. Yeah, he's going hard. He's going and then you guys also had on the same team. Did you not have that cornerback uh, Jefferson that plays forever? Uh. The guy, he's the cornerback on the. Now I'm gonna have to look it up. But he, uh, yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm, yeah, I don't. I'm fired. I, it's been it's been it's been almost ten years since. But that, that was. Year. But that was a I'm great just year. a fan. Who was that? Was uh, it was a great year when they won. You guys have won two championships then, right? Since then, or 2007, 2007 uh, This past year. So two. So you're a big fan of that new coach. Coach O. Oh yeah. He oh, seems yeah. like he's great. Coach O is my boy. Yeah, so ultimately, I think that's a great topic. Uh, and then uh, I personally think that respect and appreciation go a long way. So Absolutely. And even for each other, like we can say that for each other too, right? Like yeah. uh, respect and appreciation. One of the best things you can tell someone is I appreciate you. And that's yeah. one of the things I like to do on a regular basis. And I do appreciate people coming on the show, especially like yourself, that are opening up, being vulnerable, and sharing their truths and sharing their perspectives and their ideas. Because guess what, folks? That's what I do on a regular basis. And that's why I like to say I'm not right and I'm not wrong. I'm passionate. But by having guys like him on here and other people, it forces me to audit my ideas and perceptions and challenge them. So like he might share a perspective, then I'm like, okay, now it might shift me to grow and audit mine and yeah, shape them, exactly. which is what's happened to me in the last 30 days. Like having, and, and that's hard for people because some people don't, you know, they live in their box and they don't want to adjust. They don't want to, you know, succumb to anything. They yeah. just want to live in their box and that's it. And that's it. Like you gotta, you gotta be adjustable, flexible, and learn, willing to grow. Exactly. And then it makes me stronger. Like, just think about how valuable it is. Like, if I'm some guy that's never lived in Louisiana or been black, if I can try and surround myself with many people that have different perspectives and opinions and insights as possible, I'm now, being a guy that's 28, realizing the value in others. And there's so much value in other people. Like, I can deduct that from them. Now I don't, like, I would never have that insight from him if I didn't have him on the show. Like, that's priceless. A lot of people, the older you get when you realize the value of that, like, I grew up learning from scraping my knee and cut. I bounced my head off the concrete a few times. Like, I learned 
the hard way, like a young, rough, tumble kid. Yeah. And as the older you get, the, re- the more you realize, like, wow, there's a, there's so much value in listening to other people. Yeah. So I think it's really cool having Del Bacon, the recovery atheist, on, <laughs> having uh, Bob Monahan, owner of Hostel Du Nord, on, having Derek Smith on. Uh, having my brother on having let's see who else have i had on i've had um yeah that's about it so far but we invite more people to come on i'm regularly asking people to be on the show and uh share their truths and their realities and their perspectives so that we can start to develop common ground and i can move forward uh more well-rounded human being with those perspectives so i really appreciate you being on the show man appreciate you man and uh like uh i think that the three things that you need to take from this no i think that's great wrap it up and give them some perspective uh, so salt water light and if y'all can i don't know inbox me or i don't inbox uh my boy dm me i don't wrap it up by giving your information but 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 salt water light what does that mean brother what's your key points with that we'll talk about that another time i just want everybody to know salt water water and light. light and we'll talk and then about where it can they time. reach you on facebook Derek smith yep Derek smith or uh you my email instagram is, or what's your i don't email? have an instagram what's your email my, my email is a uh, t-e-x-t-e-c-h-1122 at gmail.com and we'll talk about it next time all right that's it folks once again it's not right it's not wrong it's our perspective love it or hate it we appreciate <laughs> it we're in media we're here to propel you and your business to the intersection of culture and attention Hey, Podcast Nation, thanks for tuning in. Your attention is our oxygen. Please like, share, and subscribe for a better chance at being the next loyal brand follower mentioned at the end of our next show. Shout out to at Gary V. That's at G-A-R-Y-V-E-E on Instagram. Gary has brought us amazing value here at Weirman Media and a lot of what we do is inspired by Gary V, Vayner Media, and the Vayner X model. At Weirman Media, love it or hate it, we appreciate it. Remember, we need to elevate the level at which we operate, cooperate, communicate, and create by using the written word, photo, and video to share our stories in a powerful, authentic fashion. By doing so, we develop common ground and we realize our similarities and we can come together to work together in a flexible, cooperative fashion.